Are you guys ready? Yeah. I am so excited. We're gonna, if you can't tell, I'm pretty hyped up. <laughs> Woo, thank you, Jesus. Okay, so if you're taking notes, I've got one of those unusual Sundays where I can give you my sermon message title. And this, this, this is how it says, speak to it. Come on, somebody, speak to it. Speak to it. I heard as clear as a bell when I walked in here. Speak to it. Amen. Okay, so I have a bunch of scriptures, so I'm going to start reading. You ready? We're going to go on ourselves on a little, on a little, uh, I don't know, a little maze run right now. Genesis chapter 2, verse 8. Genesis chapter 2, verse 8. I'm going to read through to verse 9. The Lord God planted a garden eastward. Can I just say something? God just gave me a revelation right now. We're going to get our minds blown. Is that okay? Do I have your permission for God to blow your mind? Okay, because he just blew mine. Okay, watch this. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put a man whom he had formed. We've already talked about that several times. Out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree to grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So there was actually two divine trees. Most people just think there was one tree. There was two divine trees. So that's not my point. That was just to distract you. Um, Then we're going to go over. So so I want you to pay attention to this here. It says that the Lord, um, and out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree to grow that is pleasant. Everyone says that Adam was the gardener, correct? That's true. Okay, good. I just needed to check that you were in agreement with that. Okay, now we're going to go, uh, we're going to just go down the page a little bit to Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Then the Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to what? To tend it and to keep it. Okay. And the Lord God commanded of the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. And then he goes on to say, But of the other trees you can't. Or of the, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you can't. Now, this is an interesting thought that I have never seen before. And Holy Ghost just mic dropped it on me as soon as I walked up the front. Now it says here in verse 8, actually just in the beginning of verse 9, out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow. Out of the ground the Lord God made every tree to grow. Who's making the trees grow? God. Okay, interesting thought. Then the Lord God put the man in the garden of Eden, down in now 15, to tend it and keep it. Adam wasn't planting crops, he was tending them. Okay, you guys with me still? Now we're going to get blown. Come down to vision. Now, in between what we're about to read, Adam and Eve ate the fruit, right? They sinned, they wrecked things. Genesis chapter 3, verse 17 to 19. Genesis chapter 3, verse 17 to 19. Then to Adam he said, this is the judgment now, because you have heeded the voice of your wife, a.k.a. not held God's command first, and have eaten the tree of which I commanded you, uh, and have eaten the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. The first job became the first curse. Are you still with me? The first job became the first curse. So his first job was to tend the garden, right? Now it's cursed. Cursed is the ground for your sake. Watch this. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life, both thorns and thistles it will bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat, in the sweat of your face you shall um, eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, uh, for dust you are, and dust you shall return. Now, here it's telling me, That part of the curse, come on somebody, we're about to get wrecked right now. You can't see it coming, but it's about to jump out and bite you in the face. (laughs) Verse 17, then Adam said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree, which I commanded you saying, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil, you shall eat of it all the days of your life, both thorns, right? Thorns and and thistles, sorry, I just lost my spot. Bring forth, and you shall eat of it. In the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread. Now, watch this. He's describing a farmer after the fall. That's what a farmer does. 
So what was Adam doing before the fall? Because he didn't break a sweat looking after the garden. Hello, somebody. What was he doing to look after Eden? He was speaking, I believe, to the trees. Come on, he was like, grow. He was walking around apples, yeah, be fruitful. (laughs) Hey, come on. He was like, leaves, bloom. Yeah, it's time. Yeah, bees, come and pollinate. That's what he was doing. Because we find out that God comes in. I've never heard anyone say this before. Holy Spirit just said it to me right at the beginning of the meeting. Come on, somebody. He was walking around giving out orders. He had dominion. He was the general of the garden. Come on, somebody. Woo. So Adam doesn't have his little hanky hanging out the back of his pocket, you know, and his little shovel, and he's just, hi-ho, hi-ho, like one of the little dwarfs, you know. Hi-ho, it's off to work we go. He was walking around saying, I bless you. I bless you, tree. Hey, hey, watermelons, this year you're going to be the most beautiful, the most juicy. None of them little black seeds that get in your teeth are coming out of you. Come on, somebody. You get, I'm getting excited right now. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Oh, come on, new phone. Break your power. Okay, my phone's trying to mess up. I've got a brand new phone today. Thank you, Jesus. But it's got a, it needs, I need to break it in. So, so you're getting this. So what we've just figured out right now, now, obviously, you know, you could say, well, I don't really know if that theology is correct. Well, what was he doing before in your theology? If he wasn't breaking a sweat, well, he had a heavenly body. Well, do you really believe that God put him in the garden with a shovel? Because Adam was made in the image of God in his likeness. Let us make man in our own image, male and female. Oh, somebody, what? I'm getting excited right now. Come on, somebody. Woo, shiki-biki. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, now I need to go to deleted notes because it just messed me up. Speak to it. That's the time. Okay. Okay. Okay, so you're with me. So Adam lost something in the fall where he had the ability to speak to his environment and rule it just like his father. He lost something in that moment. And so instead of, you know, I mean, I don't know how amazing it was, but I think it's far more amazing than a couple of naked people that, you know, Michelangelo painted. It wasn't just a couple of naked people walking around. There was heavenly glory on them. There was a heavenly glory on them that caused them to be, if I could say it like this, uh, uh, highly superior beings to what we now know to be human beings. Can I just say it like that? For starters, men were living past a thousand just for starters, okay? You with me? So Adam was walking around the garden, and if you can imagine, like all of a sudden, like, you know, I've been to some countries where they have servants and housekeepers, and it is pretty amazing if you've ever had that. I had a friend that he went on his honeymoon, and he, they checked into the hotel suite, and they had a butler. I'm like, dude, that is amazing, but also weird. So, you know, th- there's this, this is totally weird thing happening. Where I, the reason I'm talking about that is that all of a sudden, Adam and Eve would have had this amazing, like, supernatural dominion. Can you just imagine looking at a tree? Hey, you start in the world. Are you a depressed tree? Hey, I speak life over you. And you would have seen trees. It wouldn't have taken six months. There wouldn't have been all that stuff. Because now, don't forget that the serpent was in the garden. Don't forget that. So there was stuff that was trying to contaminate it, and they were ruling. Okay, okay. So it wasn't that Eden was perfect, it's that they had perfect dominion. Oh, shakababa, hickey-bicky. I'm really drunk right now, so. Okay, so come with me, please, to the book of Numbers, chapter 20. The book of Numbers, chapter 20. We're going to go there right now. Say, speak to it. Woo, shakababa. Numbers, chapter 20, verse 2. Now, this is now Moses. Now, there was no water for the congregation. Now, they'd come out of Egypt. They were in the desert. There was no water for the congregation. So they gathered together against Moses and Aaron. So they were upset. It's like, dude, 
We appreciate the frogs. We appreciate all the firstborn dying. We appreciate the Red Sea parting, but we're going to kill you now because you didn't give us any avion. No smart water. No alkaline plus nine. We're going to kill you now. We're upset with you. You failed us. Okay? Which is messed up. Anyways, that's a side note. And the people... Uh, and the people contended with Moses and spoke, saying, If only we had died with our brethren, when our brethren died before the Lord. Why have you brought us up, uh, up the assembly of the Lord into the wilderness that we and our animals should die here? And why have you made us come up out of Egypt uh, to bring us to an evil place? It is not a place of grain or figs or vines or pomegranates, nor is there any water to drink. So Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tabernacle of meeting, and they fell on their faces. Can I just say something? When hell or when people come to attack you, you don't fight them. You go and sit before the Lord. Come on, somebody. Okay, anyway, that one's for free. That's not where we're going. Okay, so there's my phone just messing me up again. And the glory of the Lord appeared before them, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, take the rod, what is the rod? The rod was the stick that he threw down in front of the sorcerers and Pharaoh that turned into a snake, and all the little witch doctors in Egypt was like, we can do that too. And they threw their sticks down, and their sticks turned into snakes. And then the snake, the, 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 the rod that God had anointed in the hands of Moses... Ate their snakes. That's the God I'm with. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be worshipping a God that gets eaten by other God's snakes. Anyways, that's also for free. Okay. <laughs> so, so what he's saying is, take the authority that I've given you. Come on, somebody. There's a, there's a, few, there's a few little tips coming for free here, but I want you to stay with me down the main, down the main path. Where are we here? Take the... Uh, Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together, speak to the rock before their eyes. Don't go do this secretly. You put everyone right in front of you and you have a chat with the rock. That's not Dwayne Johnson. That's, that, was a, <laughs> that was a giant rock. That was a giant granite rock. They believe they've found this rock, actually, and it's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's really cool. But anyways, um, I don't have pictures, so I apologize also for your religious demons. Um, after the congress, so, so uh, speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock and give drink to the congregation and the animals. What he's saying is, stand in front of a rock. Now, this sounds insane. You are not here to critique God's answer you're here to be obedient. I'm here to be obedient. Sometimes God tells you to do the craziest things. I've had people come to me like, hey, um, Pastor Andrew, why are you doing it in Singapore? Why are you doing fivefold in Singapore? And I'm like, I don't know. You go ask God. Because he told me I had an open vision on a plane, and he said, do this right here. And I'm like, okay. And I still don't know why we're doing it there. We're not even having many Singaporean people come. I'm like, this is weird. But I'd rather be obedient and weird than stupid and dumb. Because anyway, there's a difference. I told you I'm drunk, okay? With new wine. Okay. Okay, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> spoonful of medicine makes the... Sorry, spoonful of sugar. Point in case. Okay, we'll just leave it right there. We'll just leave that right there. <laughs> okay. Now watch this. So God tells Moses to speak to the rock. And then we know this very infamous passage. So Moses took the rod, the authority, uh, uh, from before the Lord as he had commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the great assembly together before the rock. And he said to them, hear now, you rebels. He was upset with the people that had come against him because they were abusing him. And they shouldn't have done that, but he took it personally. And that's, that's a warning for all leaders. Uh, must we bring water for you? Um, must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted up his hand and he struck the, right, the rock twice with his rod. And water came out abundantly and the congregation and the animals drank. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe me to hollow me in the eyes of the children of Israel, 
the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring the assembly into the land which I have given them. Moses was told to speak to the rock, yet he used his God-given authority to strike. Now get this. Twice, yes, twice. Now get this. The rod speaks of your ability, your anointing, the empowerment of God, and the authority that God has entrusted you with. There are so many times that we think that there is power in our personal strength and force to make something happen when God's telling you just to be quiet and speak. Come on, come on. God told Moses to speak like Adam. Hey, rock, give us drink. Someone getting this? This is powerful right now. Because once you start realizing that I'm not just telling you stories and history lessons from the Bible, and you actually realize that I'm telling you who you were made to be, things start to shift. Come on, somebody. Okay, let's keep going. So, so we know that Moses struck the rock with, with the rod, which is not what God, it's really what you call an abuse of power. Instead of innocently looking, I mean, personally, I think it would have been way cooler to like, hey, rock. Do you think? I mean, that personally would have been cool, but he led his emotions. See, that's why in discipleship, I really go after people having emotional control. Because you can get all the power in the kingdom that's available on this planet. And if your emotions are out of check, you will destroy your future. And you will destroy the people around you. Okay, anyway, so let's keep moving. Okay, you guys, is this awesome or what? I mean, this is, this is I did not prepare this. God just was like, and I was like, whoa, getting wrecked. Okay, so Luke chapter 4. Come with me, Luke chapter 4. I want you to understand who it is that you really are. Come on, somebody. Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led, into the, led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. He's fasting for 40 days. Okay, He's tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing. And afterwards, when, he had, when he, they had ended, he was hungry. Watch this. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command the stones to become bread. Whoa. It's another speaking to the rock moment. Is anyone getting this? It's, it's the devil understanding more about who you are than we realize we are. The devil's trying to get him to operate as a son of God more than he, than he wasn't going to do it because the devil, like don't ever do anything the devil tells you to do even if it sounds like it's God. You get what I'm saying? People do the stupidest things in the name of God. Oh, I know that God's with me in this. Yeah, but the devil's telling you to do it. But my point isn't that. My point is this. The devil understands that if Jesus had have spoke to those rocks, there would have been Panera break Bakery right happening right there. You get what I'm saying? Fresh bakery heaven. The devil understands the power of your tongue better than you do. He literally showed up expecting rocks to become bread. Come on, somebody get this. Somebody get this. This is awesome. <laughs> so, so if the devil fears your mouth speaking, because here's the thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read another. I'm going to read another scripture. But here's the thing: if the devil understands that you are made in the image of God, he is not wondering. He is expecting world-changing declarations to come out of your mouth. He is looking for decrees that will crumble his kingdom coming out your mouth. Is somebody getting this? Speak to it. What's in front of you? What's the giant? See, David, one of my favorite stories. No one was had any power and strength because no one was speaking back. It's a statement you'll hear me make over and over again. David won because he spoke back. He spoke to it. I like it. <laughs> okay, Mark chapter 4. Come with me. Mark chapter 4, verse 37. 
and a great windstorm arose. They were on a boat crossing the lake. Jesus was taking a nap. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling, but he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. Thanks, Jesus. Do you ever wonder why, oh, I'm calling out to God and he's not helping me? Dude, do you understand why he's not doing anything? Because he's already given you the power to reign. He's given you the power to have dominion. He's given you the power to have authority. Oh, God's not doing anything. Yeah, that's because it's your turn. Oh, pastor, you need to come and help me. And we will come and help you. But the thing is, is that we want you to grow up so that you can speak to it. Okay. Oh, man, I'm, I'm having way too much fun. This shouldn't be normal. But it is. <laughs> okay, so he's asleep with a pillow. And they awake him and they said, and they awake him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? There's that emotional instability that Moses had. Oh, no, I just feel so neglected by God right now. Be quiet. Because that mouth that's busy complaining could have stopped the storm if you just woke up. Shaka Baba. Oh, shaka baba. Okay. Okay, watch this. <laughs> then he arose and, re- and rebuked the wind and the sea and said, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. And Peter stood there with his heartbeat double than what it normally should have been. Everything was calm. And Peter was now a storm on the inside trying to calm down. Because the storm had got inside of Peter instead of staying on the outside. Because he didn't speak to it. He let it dictate how his life was supposed to look. Come on, somebody. Come on, someone's going to get some breakthrough today. Someone's going to get some breakthrough. Someone's going to get some revelation that causes shifts in our lives today. Okay. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm, and he said to them, why are you so fearful? And how is it that you have no faith? See, faith has a voice. Faith is not some quiet little church mouse sitting in the back hoping everything works out. Faith is actually aggressive where people might think, see, some of you might think, man, he's, got a, he's angry, he's got anger. No, I don't. I'm confident. I'm not conceited. I'm confident. I'm not arrogant. I know who I am. I know my weaknesses, but I also know the strengths of my daddy. And that makes me happy. And to you, I look unstable. I'm perfectly good but it's you that will call me when you're in trouble because you really know deep down, and I'm not putting myself up on a pedestal, you know what I'm saying. It's you that knows that that crazy look in these eyes has an answer. But don't just do it where we don't need a Pope in the church. We don't need that. We all need to get something where we start all getting crazy eyes because the early Christian, the, the early, the world around the early church didn't say, oh, it's Paul and Peter that have turned the world upside down. No, they said, who are these Christians? Who are these ones that look like Christ? They've turned our world upside down. They're speaking everywhere. They're messing things up. They are turning over kingdoms. Come on, somebody. Shaka Baba. <laughs> He said, why, have you have, why is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and they said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, I want you to back up a little bit to the beginning of this passage that I just read. Oh, thank you, Jesus. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat on into the boat so that it was already filling, uh, but he was in the stern, asleep on the pillow, and they awoke him. Now, Get this, because the Bible will often tell you things in between the sentences if you pay attention. You don't wake up the Son of God that is feeding the masses, walking on water, raising the dead. You let him have his rest because you need to let him stay prepped for his next message. Okay, so what happened was they had a discussion between them who was going to wake him up. No, you do it. No, you do it, Thomas. 
You get what I'm saying? The problem is, is they had a conversation with the wrong person. The problem is, is they started agreeing with the bad situation with each other instead of speaking to it. Come on, somebody. The reason that we get ourselves in problems is because we talk to the wrong people instead of speaking to it. We get around the wrong coffee groups. We get around the wrong friend groups. We get around the doubters, the haters, the disbelievers, the unbelievers, the won't believers. Sometimes the best thing you can do is put your worship music on, go in your bedroom by yourself and cry out to God because you should not let anything come out of your mouth except an answer to the storm. Come on, somebody. This is, this is fresh bread. I'm, I'm getting some heavenly butter. I'm putting it on it. Mmm. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so that they had an issue where what they did was they actually got into agreement with doubt. Here's the deal. If you truly believe that you are, because Jesus woke up. Now, this is people, guys, because a lot of people would say to you, well, if I had been able to walk around the earth with Jesus, I would have more, you know, help believing. If I had have actually been able to put my fingers in his hands, I would have had stronger faith too. These dudes had A1 top shelf interaction. What does Jesus say? How is it that you have no faith? Because faith has a voice. Faith actually is not an idea. This is where a lot of people that go to seminary go wrong. Not all. I said a lot. Put your swords away. Because you have knowledge of faith, you don't have substance of faith. There is a difference. You have an idea of how the theological chemistry equation works for faith. I have experience with faith. You need experience with faith. That's why David, look, the perfect example. David stands up before Goliath. He said, I've killed a lion. And I've killed a bear. I'm going to do the same to you. That's not arrogance. His brothers thought he was arrogant. David said, oh, you're arrogant. You need to be quiet. You just need to shut up. You're just proud. No, no. I understand that you're misinterpreting me, but I don't have time to explain it to you. You've not been building faith. You've just been macho. I might not look as strong as you. I might not look as qualified as you. I might not be as rich as you. I might not be as pretty as you, but I got faith. And my faith can move a mountain. My faith doesn't matter. Satan can show up in your house. Don't wet your pants. Hold it together. Because he's more afraid of you than you should be of him. If you really know who you are, the devil is terrified every time you wake up and every time you go to sleep. Here's my deal. When I go to sleep, I'm pulling down dreams and visions. You can't stop me. (laughs) You can't turn this off. That's not rest mode. That's download mode. (laughs) Come on, somebody. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. So when you truly believe it, It doesn't matter if everything goes in the opposite direction. You just lean into it and you speak to it. That's why Jesus cursed the fig tree. He's trying to tell us something. Now, a lot of people don't understand what happened there. That fig tree was actually doing its job. It wasn't supposed to be bearing fruit then. Oh, Jesus killed the tree. (laughs) What about the polar ice caps? I'm happy. Anyways, Jesus was trying to tell us something. That we, doesn't matter if the rest of the world isn't bearing fruit, we need to have substance that always is ready to give an answer for the hope inside of you. And by the way, I do believe in caring for this planet. I just don't believe in lies and hypocrisy. You want to save the ice? How about you save the babies first before you get my attention? 42 million last year. 
I know they're with my God, though. Flipping lying devils. Anyways, that's where that one also is for free. <laughs> so here's the deal. Adam, Adam lost dominion to speak to the plants in the garden. True? God temporarily gave it back to Moses and to a few others. Hello? There was one or two, the high priests, some of the prophets, they were anointed to speak. Elijah was a man just like us, and when he spoke, a.k.a. talked to God, a.k.a. for you real religious people, prayed, it stopped raining for three and a half years. So people carried it sporadically through the Old Testament, but then Jesus shows up, and he, and he goes to the cross, and he defeats the devil. Come on, somebody. He takes back the authority that had been stripped off Adam, And what does he do with it? He gives back the ability to speak. Whatever you bind on earth is bound. How do you bind? Well, we're going to do a prophetic dance with a piece of string. No, no. Whatever you bind with your mouth. What does that mean? No, I tie you up, devil, in Jesus' name. I disagree with that evil that's going on right now. I disagree with those things. I disagree with witchcraft. And whatever you loose, this is the other part that I like. Open prison doors, breaking chains, setting captives free. Come on, somebody. You getting this? Jesus like, there you go. There's the keys. What Adam lost, we don't just need one prophet and one apostle for the whole world now. Now I'm giving it to every one of you. And when you speak, the earth must obey. <laughs> Oh, I just don't know how I'm going to pay my Verizon bill. Speak to it. I don't know where you are, money, but you're coming to me this week. That's not, see, the thing is, is that this revelation's hit the earth before, but people got weird with it and all they wanted to do was call money in. How about you call some character in? Oh, shakababa. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? When the enemy comes in to frame you or to, 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 to harass you, you speak to it. I've had demons show up in my house and I looked at them and I said, what are you doing here? This is my house. Oh, don't speak so harsh. What, do you want to speak nice to a demon? Maybe we should talk after church in the back room. <laughs> I'll say two words to you, come out. I haven't got anything nice to say to a devil. My job is to judge them and make them terrified. So is yours. Stop being afraid. Speak to it. Fear is a demon. It is not your personality that has a few issues with the dark. It is not just the way you are. It's not just you. It is something you need to speak up about. Because you have the authority of God. It's not your business that's just acting weird and clients are leaving and people aren't paying. No, no. You need to speak to your garden. Come on, somebody. It's not just your body having strange reactions. Or, oh, I'm hit. Yeah, hey, look, I got smashed this year. I got the flu a couple of times. I made some chicken and garlic soup. Awesome. But I was speaking to it as well. I'm not saying people don't get sick, but I'm saying it's not right. And I'm saying, let's speak to it. Jesus went about healing some. All. And all that were oppressed of the devil. Someone getting this? Man, I just feel the fire of God ripping through this room. I don't know what's about to happen. I know it's going to be good. I did not show up with a playbook. I did not show up with those scriptures. That's just Jesus. Okay. I know I'm intense. That's okay. We'll have another Sunday and I'll be very sweet and loving and pastoral and everyone can feel like the world is back how it should be. But I'll still be saying it. You can pretend like this never happened, but come and see us when hell attacks you and you don't know what to do. Oh, I'm having a lot of fun right now. Are you? Some of you need to wake up. 
Some of you need to wake up because with you, what happens is, is the enemy comes in and he's, he knows how to intimidate you so you don't say anything. He knows how to get you to go into that like fainting goat thing that I've talked about before. He knows how to get you to like shut down and he knows how to tweak your emotions so that you actually don't have anything to do or say. And you guys ever remember being kids and you felt like something came in the room? It probably was a demon now that you've grown up. Because where God is, there's perfect light. And when you felt darkness come in the room as a little kid, it probably was a demonic thing trying to mess with you. But do you remember being frozen in your bed, not wanting to look out from under the covers? Don't be like that as an adult. Speak to it. See, for a demon to come into your house or your dreams, I mean, in the last year, who's had a, a weird demonic dream? Probably everybody. If not, I need to come and eat what you're eating. That's awesome. Okay. You have to understand, for a demon to do that, it took a massive risk. You need to st- oh, I was so attacked and hell is so powerful and, you know, oh, oh, wow. I really respect Satan. He's so strong. No, no. That demon took a massive risk coming into your house. Sorry, I just sprayed an anointing right there. <laughs> Little shotgun spirit anointing. Demons were running for their lives. Hey, man, Jesus healed a dude with spit. Someone needs to see a bit more clearly after this message. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Jesus. This is amazing. (laughs) Oh, thank you, God. Shaka (laughs) Baba. What was I saying? I got... Yeah, they, they take a risk because... You are a son or daughter of heaven. Now, we hear that so much in church, it almost vaccinates us. Do you understand that when Adam walked around the garden, he said, hey, branch, lift up a little bit. I want to walk through. Come on, somebody. To the point where next time he came through, the tree already knew what to do. AI, guys. He pre-programmed his preferences. Do you understand that that has been restored and most of us, if not all of us, are wa- actually all of us are walking below our design. We are not here to play victim and I hope the devil doesn't mess with us this year and I hope we get our taxes back this year. And oh, look, just be quiet. You speak too much. You need to pray more. You need to get in the presence and close your mouth when you feel like everything wants to come out of your mouth. Some people, look, I verbally process, but some people have verbal diarrhea. I'm not lying. You know I'm telling the truth. It might be inconvenient to your niceties, but it's the truth. If you could see in the spirit, it's exactly what it looks like. I know I'm offending people right now, and I apologize that. But you just think you're being so spiritual, just vomiting on people, all of your fear and doubt and agreement with hell, instead of being quiet and worshiping your way into breakthrough. Yeah, let me tell you this. I'm going to finish with a story. There was one time I was in my bedroom. I was in the middle of a, a long fast, and I mean a long fast. And I woke up in the middle of the night, and there was literally, I was single. It was a long time. It was probably... At a guess, 12 to 15, maybe closer to 15 years ago. There was demons standing shoulder to shoulder. Now, I was walking good with God. I was having encounters. Awesome stuff was going on. I had demons shoulder to shoulder around my bed. And there was a council. They were conspiring wickedness. I couldn't hear what they were saying, but I knew my spirit knew exactly what they were doing. They were conspiring wickedness against me. Okay? It was so evil that I couldn't speak. So you know what I did? Listen, listen. You cannot be stopped by hell. I don't care if the perfect case has been levied against you. They cannot stop you. As long as you believe, you will never fall. You need to get this. Because the world's sailing into darker and darker places. And guess what? Where, Where sin and darkness abound. Come on. Listen, the light doesn't, a torch doesn't shine great outside, but you take the torch in a dark room. Everything changes. These demons were standing around me. I couldn't even open my mouth. I physically couldn't move. Oh, do you need deliverance? No. 
They made the mistake of coming into my house. I couldn't open my mouth and my tongue couldn't move. So you know what I started doing? I started praying in tongues in my mind. What are you going to do about that? Oh, no one could hear it. God could. Because my tongues, when I pray in the Holy Ghost, the Bible says it's to God. The Spirit prays through me with utterings that cannot be under. Not, it's not beneficial to my mind. But God heard. So I'm in my brain. And I'm like. And I started to feel God. Because I couldn't feel him for a minute. Does that mean he wasn't there? No. God was there the whole time. Waiting to see what I would do with my authority. Just because you can't feel God doesn't mean he's not there. God is omnipresent everywhere at once. Satan has to make appointments. Same God that's going to be with me tomorrow is the same God that's going to be with you tomorrow. Never will I leave you nor forsake you. Believe it. Doesn't matter how much darkness. Doesn't matter if you get thrown in the fire. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Doesn't matter if that stuff happens. Never will I leave you nor forsake you. I need to land in a little bit. And then all of a sudden, I started to actually have the ability to whisper. Now, at that time, I was living in like a one-bedroom kind of condo thing, apartment, and there was this older lady downstairs. She was old and retired. Her husband had passed away a few years before. It's about 3, 4 in the morning. Just need to preface this story with that. They're still standing there. They're still conspiring. Pray a little bit longer. Now, now, now I'm softly speaking. I'm feeling God starting to thaw the demonic ice that had been trying to lock me up. Because you see, I've got something on the inside of me called Holy Ghosts. He was there at the beginning, hovering above the faces of the deep. Come on, somebody. I carry the greatness of God's power inside of me. How about you? So you can't shut me up. You can't tell me that the devil can put me in a, in a headlock and win. Because I will win every time. I'm just going to start to speak to it. Cool. And then all of a sudden, She's upstairs probably in her bed going, Oh my goodness, the record's stuck. That when the little CD things were there, you know, like they just, there's a little scratchy. And I'm upstairs, and, and all of a sudden, two, three, four in the morning, it was really early hours. And then all of a sudden, I just start to feel the surge of God. And these things are still trying to do their stuff. I'm messing with them now. I'm interrupting their seance. Shatare baba kare baba kore baba shata repete shakayama. The angels of heaven are showing up into the room. Ropoto, they all start dissolving and disappearing, and the presence of God fills the place. And I'm in my bed at three, four in the morning. I mean, you can't just roll back over. You got to get up and do a little dance. Come on, somebody. I'm, I'm telling the truth. Hell can do whatever it wants. It cannot stop you. When I was 16, I'm going to tell you another quick story because I've got about three more minutes. We'll pray for people real quick too, but I'm going to dismiss the service in a little bit. When I was 16, I didn't know anything about the Holy Ghost. It wasn't even filled up. And I, and I was in a dream form. I didn't know anything about the spirit realm. I didn't know anything about any kind of prophetic stuff. I was not a prophetic person. I was in a dream and it was so real. It was like I was there. I was walking up into my bedroom. I had stairs that went up into my bedroom, living in my, uh, home, my family home. And I walked into the bedroom and there was this really nice old man there. He was like a beautiful, he was like the grandpa that everyone wants. You get what I'm saying? Like one of those real sweet grandpas. And I looked at him, but he wasn't my grandpa. And I looked at him and he's in my room. And I looked at him and I said, what are you doing here? And he said, you can't stop me being here. And I was like, oh. And I was 16, so I didn't quite have what I got now. But I had the word of God. You can't stop me. God has made you undefeatable if you'll just believe it. This old man proceeded to turn into a creature right in front of me. 
It changed. His hair went really long. His face, all the wrinkles. It, 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 the wrinkles went so deep, it looked, each wrinkle looked like a Grand Canyon. It's hard to describe. He's a freaky looking dude. He's a demon. Ancient, ancient. Millions of years old. He stood there looking at me. He said, you can't make me leave. He said, if you make me leave, I'm going to curse this family. Speaking of the family, I was the kid in the family. You know what I said to him? Didn't know the Holy Ghost. Wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit. I had the mark of the Holy Ghost on me because I was saved. But I wasn't filled with the evidence of speaking in tongues. That's okay. We need to hear this stuff. And he was like, I'm going to curse the family and destroy the family. And I said, well, this is what my Bible says. This is my dream. 16 years old. I said, this is what my Bible says. The sons of God came before God and with them came the devil. You guys know what I'm talking about? Book of Job, chapter one. This is what I told the devil, this demon when I was 16 years old. Because you've got to have some fight in you. You might have been bullied in life. You've got to get some fight. You've got to stop being a victim. And it's like, oh, I'm not a victim. Well, how come you keep rolling over every time darkness shows up? How come you keep quitting when it gets hard? Something in you has to fight. Come on, somebody. And I told him, I said, the devil had to ask for Job. And I said, and God was so confident in Job that he gave the devil permission. So I said, if God says it's okay, I'm good with that. Now get out and this thing picked up and he flew out my my bedroom window. Here's the deal. I don't care how unequipped you are. You got Jesus. You got the word of God and something in you needs to be ready to speak. Come on, God had Moses speak to the rock and water came out. Come on, somebody. Now, if that's Old Testament before the power and the authority of Jesus had come on the believers in the New Testament, what kind of power are you packing now? What kind of authority are you walking in right now? Come on, Nicole. You can speak to cultures. You can speak to territories and things can shift. Because guys, we're not dealing with psychological reasons to get our brothers and sisters that aren't saved free. We're dealing with demonic strongholds that actually need to be addressed with sons and daughters that are able to speak the Word of God and command darkness to break. When darkness breaks, shackles lift off people's minds, things come off people's eyes, plugs come out of people's ears, and all of a sudden people are now ready for the gospel. This is what the world, that's why it says all of creation eagerly waits in anticipation for the revealing of, not the hiding, not the cowards, for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. Come on, this is who you are. Own it, deal with it. The devil's still trying to figure out if you're going to turn rocks into bread. He didn't come suggesting a party favor or a trick. The devil came to Jesus fully expecting that he could. Get that. Get that. And he didn't even know that he was the son of God. He said, if you're the son of God. Come on. Okay, everyone stand to their feet. I finished right on time. This is a total miracle. That's the greatest miracle today. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Shakarababa. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. What we're going to do is I'm going to close right now. And if you feel like this has really sparked something in you, you need prayer. If you want to cross the line and actually start to really go to war, because here's the thing. We need, to, we need to understand that not one child of God is a beggar. Get this. Not one child of God is a beggar. Because if you can speak and change things, if Jesus can turn water into wine, one boy's lunch to feed 15 to 20,000 people, what are we missing out on? Is someone getting something? Not one of you is a beggar. Not one of you is a victim of circumstance. You need to start speaking to the atmosphere and the situations around you and the demonic assignments that have messed with you that you accepted. Some of us have thought, oh, well, it's just my cross to bear. No, no. I've been anointed to tear down kingdoms. Now, if I've been anointed to tear down kingdoms territorially, doesn't, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to get attacked personally. Now, that attack personally is not allowed to go full circle. That means no weapon formed against you shall prosper. What we don't read is weapons are going to be formed against you. Get that. Weapons, stop worshipping the power of the devil. He's coming but he won't succeed as long as you speak to it. Woo! Okay. Father, we just thank you today. 
that you have given us all power and authority. You've given us dominion and victory, God. And so in the name of Jesus, we ask you, God, that you would teach us to start walking in authority, victory and dominion. That we wouldn't let the devil have one area of our lives. We wouldn't let him take one area from us, not one blessing from us, not one area of freedom from us in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I ask that you would teach every person in this church to walk in freedom and not to give the devil any foothold that would give him license and liberty to enslave us in any area. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That we would walk above only, not beneath the head and not the tail. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, let us speak it. Let us speak to the atmosphere. Let us speak to the winds and the waves. Let us speak to the supplies and the needs that we have. Let us speak, Father, to the areas of our lives that need to be had dominion over in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And as we're faithful with the areas in our personal lives, God, use us with the people around us, the communities around us in Jesus' name. God, use us over this nation. I don't care that we're a smaller church right now. I understand the power that you've given into into our mouths. In Jesus' name, we can see a nation turned around. We can see a generation saved. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Father, we bless this week. I bless every facet of this week. Provision, God. Relationships, Father. Breakthrough. Break the back of the enemy in the name of Jesus. Father, that we would walk in favour, dominion and victory. This week, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Unusual breakthroughs. Use us to see lives saved. God, let us pray in the back bedroom for souls in our lives, God. And when we, when we step out into the street, they will come easy to the kingdom. In Jesus' name. See, it talks about in James, you have not because you ask not. You're not opening your mouth for the right thing. You're opening your mouth to complain. Change that and start speaking the right things into existence. Start declaring the right things in Jesus' name. So Father, we bless this week. We ask that you would, you would cause great breakthrough, victory, healing, dominion, deliverance, provision in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Woo! Go Jesus. Thank you, God. We're going to close the service. I believe there's coffee and stuff outside. Go take dominion of that. And if you need dominion up the front, come. please come up and, and uh, the leadership team here, we're going to pray for you and we're going to believe with you. Amen.